This podcast is brought to you by StoreMaven. I won't lie, I am an employee at StoreMaven, so I want to tell you a little bit about why it's the greatest company on earth. If you're interested in growing your app in any way, organically, paid, both, we have tools to help you do it, whether it's optimizing your creatives, measuring the success and the effect of different efforts that you're taking, or just telling you what people look for in an app. We're here to help you do it. Listen to your customers. And if you're not secure about it, back it with data. I think if you combine uh, data and the feedback from your users, you can create good hypotheses and really do something about it, test it, and see if it works. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Pancakes, a podcast by StoreMaven. We break down how and why mobile apps grow. In each episode, we invite a mobile growth expert onto the show to break down a specific mobile growth strategy, how it worked, why it worked, and what they would do differently. I'm your host, Esther Schatz. Welcome to Mobile Growth and Podcasts. I'm joined today by Victor Seca, dialing in from Brazil. Victor, can you uh, take a few minutes to introduce yourself? Hi, Esther. It's great to be here. Uh, my name is Victor. I'm from Brazil. Uh, And I work with uh, growth marketing right now. Uh, I've been working with uh, OLX, which is a a C2C marketplace. Uh, It's kind of of like a classified website. Uh, And we are uh, uh, mostly mobile, uh, mostly mobile users. Uh, Right now, I'm joining uh, another part of our business, which is a real estate uh, vertical. Uh, And and we have a big challenge in in growing uh, our mobile user base uh, in, in this kind of vertical. So it's, it's going to be interesting to, to talk about growth and to talk about uh, CLM, which is the, the subject why we are here uh, with, the, with you a little bit further. All right, awesome. So when you say it's, uh, you know, the, the growth in mobile, are you primarily a web-based platform or are you really starting uh, in the mobile world and looking to conquer from there? Uh, well, on, with OLX, uh, we are uh, 60% of our user base uh, is app, so we're kind of app first. Uh, but yeah, on, on our uh, our vertical, uh, real estate vertical, uh, we, most of our users are web users, so we have a big challenge in, in bringing them to, to the, the app platform. Uh, so the challenging mobile growth there will be interesting because uh, it's different than a, than a, a classified where there are m- multiple categories, you know, uh, and, and a user can uh, navigate through many of them. So it's not likely that he will like sell one thing or buy one thing and uninstall. It has a lot of other options there. Uh, but when we think about uh, real estate, Maybe the person will like uh, find the, their new home and move out, and uh, and that's it. They cannot install the app. So uh, the 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 lifetime that we have with these users is not long. So how do we keep them engaged? How do we uh, increase their lifetime value? These are very interesting subjects. Uh, that's a challenge for us right now, uh, but it's it's something we have to do. It's super interesting. Yeah, I'd imagine you don't have that many people who are buying, you know, properties about once a month and kind of uh, just yeah. going through place. <laughs> if only, if only. Okay, so let's talk. Let's let's kind of talk for a minute. You mentioned CLM at the beginning, and and uh, yeah. 
customer lifecycle management. Can you define that a bit further? What does that actually mean? Yeah, uh, before we discuss CLM, uh, it's similar to CRM, right? But uh, I think CRM, uh, there's something bad about it. Like it's basically transactional conversation, like welcome and at the end of the month, pay your bills. Uh, so the, the difference that I like to, to, to uh, see in CLM is we don't, do not only do transactional conversation with the user. The idea is to follow uh, the life cycle of the user, follow all the path, all the touch points that we have with each user uh, to really know uh, what he's interested in, uh, everything that he's doing, all of his problems and difficulties. So we can uh, personalize uh, our communication uh, to better suit those users. So the idea basically in the end is uh, how can we uh, bring down barriers that uh, are uh, blocking him to go further on the conversion funnel uh, to uh, make his experience uh, seamless, uh, easier. Uh, and in the end, of course, the, the business idea is the conversion and the retention. So we believe that uh, through better experience, we'll have better conversion and better retention. So how do you, how do you, um, you know, let's, let's talk about the life cycle for a minute. And I guess when it comes to the real estate side, let's, we'll, we'll put a benchmark in that and come back to it because you do have this huge challenge of it's, it's kind of a one-time sort of uh, interaction in a way that mostly you wouldn't be in uh, in consumer apps where you're hoping that you create uh, a sticky experience. But how do you, how do you kind of, um, you know, life cycle, if somebody's using your product for five years, are you continuing this project all the way throughout? Is there an end date? Do you have, uh, you know, how, how, how deep do you go? How far do you take it? Where is the, where's the line where you say, okay, we've satisfied the customer or, you know, is it ongoing forevermore as long as they're in the system? Yeah, in this real estate business, we're just getting started with uh, building the idea uh, of uh, the CLM communication. So we're not far ahead on, on knowing how far we're going with the, the, the con continuing the communication with these users. So it's going to be a one year, two years, five years. We don't know yet. We're building it. Uh, and it, it, it differs from business to business. Uh, probably on, on real estate, it will be farther than, than it is on the classifieds business. Uh, and, and, and maybe with a bigger window gap between uh, the, the, the last time that he came to the next time that he'll come back, right? Because like, if you're renting a new place, maybe in, in about two, three years, you're gonna want to rent another uh, place to move again. And, and that could be a, a good window for us to, to start, start again a conversation with you. Uh, but there's, uh, what I like to think about it is there's all, also uh, not only uh, the, the act of uh, renting or buying a place, but there are other things that we can connect with it and interact uh, further with the user. Like uh, this person, he's going to, to need uh, services because he's moving out, he'll need to paint his house, he'll need electric services, he'll need transportation to move the, his furnitures. Uh, he will maybe be interested in, in decoration tips. Uh, he may be interested in, in financing. Uh, how to how he can uh, ask, ask for money to purchase his new apartment, uh, and, and so there are other uh, things around buying or selling or renting a, a place 
uh, that we can bring to this to the, the conversation with these users to to like uh, so we can extend the the period that uh, of time we're talking to them. So not only uh, hi, you're starting to look for a place. We'll show you a, a few other options because this is very basic. This is, this is uh, basically what every website or, or app is doing, uh, sending you recommendations. We want to go further. We want to uh, really help, be helpful, helpful to you and, and really know uh, what you will need uh, during this journey of looking for and after moving out your place to a new place. So I'm interested, talk me through the process for a minute because there's, it sounds like there's, there's a proactive and a reactive side, right? Which is you're trying to look at what the user's doing and thinking about how can you communicate based on what they're actually doing. But it sounds like you also have a lot of planning that comes beforehand. You have to uh, hypothesize what might be relevant to a user. How do you, how do you kick this off? How do you take, I mean, you're at the beginning now. So how much of it comes from, okay, here's our theory of where the life cycle goes and we just put it in action and how much of it is actually observing what happens and then trying to build it from there. Yeah, uh, I like to think it's a combination of uh, hearing the user, hearing uh, the feedbacks that they give you, give us uh, with data, because with data we can know uh, how many people are coming in, how many people are going to the next step and the next step so we can know, uh, well, maybe the, the data shows us that here, there's a problem, people are, are, are bouncing, they are going out. So let's go deeper into this, this part of the journey and, and try to understand what is going on and, and how we can help them. Uh, so feedback, data, uh, and oh, and of course, uh, A-B testing all the time. So we cre create hypotheses uh, based on, on feedback and data. Uh, we try and implement like creating uh, communications uh, and we see if it's working or not. And one thing that I, I especially like to do is uh, usually with the uh, performance marketing, uh, we track things like with a last click or any sort of uh, other attribution model. But I like to, to compare, always use uh, control groups to compare the conversions. So this way uh, I'll send, I'll separate, this is a segment of people that I, I want to send this uh, communication to because it makes sense uh, based on my hypothesis. Uh, and, and a part of this, these people, I won't send the communication. Uh, and later on, uh, I will compare the conversion rates, how many of them came back uh, to that uh, part of the journey and, and really went through the, the that step uh, and, and this way I can see how incremental I'm, I'm being if I really ge uh, generate uh, lifts uh, in, in conversions. So uh, that's, that helped me uh, really ensure that I'm making a difference. Like uh, it's not something that the user was uh, going to do anyway. Uh, like uh, if you do uh, a, a lost card communication, uh, and, and this is something a lot of e-commerces do, and it's very common and it's useful. It really works. But usually the lifts are not that high because many people would naturally come back to that uh, and finish their purchase. So uh, if you could like cut down the, the, the number of uh, messages that you're sending to a lot of people that would naturally do that, you will save money. Uh, and you will be much more incremental because you would only send that communication to those ones that wouldn't come back organically. 
Interesting. And, and that's so that's uh no, I think that's that's critical. And I think it's something that also is uh is incredibly challenging when it comes to performance marketing. You're so used to that real-time measurement. You're so used to kind of these are my click rates, these are my action rates. Um, you know, I, I'd love to drill into this a bit further, especially when it comes to this incrementality of being able to say it's not about the actual metric, it's about what was the improvement that I've made. How do you tackle, you know, how do you take, is it, is it, you know, a matter of pre-post? How do you kind of separate out that, that desire to say, I sent this email campaign and I got this much out. How do you create practically, how do you go through and create the right control group when you're, when you're assessing what impact you've had? Uh, yeah, we do it all uh, right now uh, through SQL programming. So uh, it's all automatic, but we, we build it all uh, internally. Uh, and and after we, we write a query where we, we can uh, set the target, uh, who, uh, what are the attributes that say these are the, pers- the, the people that we, we want to target. Uh, and, and our system automatically chooses randomly, uh, like a percentage of them, and, and they separate them uh, and the other goes to, to the dispatch, so they will receive the message and the others won't. And in the end, like uh, the next day, I don't know, we can compare uh, conversion rates uh, between those groups and see how incremental they were. Of course, we can uh, compare in more real-time uh, vision uh, the conversions of those groups that received uh, the, the communication, uh, but uh, later on, uh, we will compare uh, the against the control group and see if really was incremental. Amazing. Could you share uh, a concrete example? Uh, it can be, I know you just started on, on the real estate side, but from OLX uh, before, how, how does this work in action? What's something that actually went into place when it comes to, uh, to kind of optimizing the life cycle? Yeah, sure. Uh, I can give you an example, but I, I think I, I like to, to, to think uh, before uh, of the overall impact. Like uh, back in 2016 or 17, uh, in Brazil, uh, push notifications were not so uh, well used by other apps. Uh, And we saw an opportunity there uh, and we started this whole project uh, just with email communication and push notifications. Right now, uh, we want to, uh, to, to go further and be, it's important to be where the user is. So, uh, in Brazil, uh, WhatsApp is the biggest communication tool. So if you want to get in touch with the, your user, you want to be where they are. You want to connect your uh, whole ecosystem of communications with the tools that they also use. Uh, so uh, but back then, we, we used only WhatsApp, only push notifications and email. Uh, and uh, push notifications were like the best tool that we had for, had for increasing uh, uh, traffic and, and especially app traffic. Uh, once we get got started, uh, we, we first do, did a, a lot of work on our, uh, our database. So we created a, a, huge, uh, a huge database where we concentrated uh, all the information that we knew from each customer uh, and, and, and a few others where we knew everything they were doing. Uh, of course, we don't see it one by one, uh, it wouldn't even be nice for uh, 
all G, uh, GDPR's reasons, right? But uh, yeah. Also uh, for, you know, having a life uh, of not having to analyze. Yeah, true, because we have like 50, 50 <laughs> uh, traffic uh, monthly. So it would be crazy to see one by one, yeah. But yeah, we want, at the end of the day, the idea is to send communications that feel uh, personal, feel uh, personalized, made especially for you, even though we're doing it in a, a huge number, like for millions and millions of people. Uh, but yeah, when we got started, uh, we, uh, we did this whole, uh, whole work of uh, getting the data right prior to, to starting. And when we started uh, turning on a few uh, communications like, uh, since it's uh, classifieds, we are we were talking about uh, sending communications to sellers and buyers. So we we had to create a few uh, different segments and a few uh, uh, like triggers that would uh, that would say this is the moment that we know uh, we have to send this communication to these users. Uh, and once we got started, uh, we used to send the communications every day at. Uh, 4 p.m. Uh, I don't know why we we I, actually I, I do we saw that it was the best time people would open push notifications so we we started simple at 4 p.m. we would send the communications and, and we saw in uh, in the first day we already saw uh, a 14 percent increase in traffic in that 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 specific hour so uh, that was uh, very interesting for us. And like a few weeks later, we saw uh, an increase of 28% in, in daily active users uh, wow. in the entire day. And that was based off that same, like that was following that same push notification later down yeah. the line you actually, wow. Yeah, that's what, that's what it was interesting. Uh, we saw like a, a peak on 4, 4 p.m., uh, but of course some of them went out, but uh, some of them stick. And, uh, and, and we see the, all the, the, the curve uh, of daily uh, access by hour per hour uh, going up. So this was really interesting. We, we could really see the, an impact not only on uh, instant uh, access, but also on retention. And, and, uh, and this was really interesting for our business. It's amazing. And it probably wasn't the main uh, KPI, I'd imagine, uh, necessarily retention no, when you're setting the campaign. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, uh, a fun bonus. It's, yeah, it's important to to uh, generate impact in, impacting business metrics. But our idea was really, I, I I like to think it was pure. It was to really engage and help the users. So, giving you an example, I forgot to give you an example uh, of one of those communications. Uh, we know that something that is really important for someone that is selling something is to really sell. Uh, otherwise, they will not have a good experience and they may not come back. And they may go to a, another uh, company that offers the same uh, solution. Uh, and so uh, we started uh, analyzing what made uh, people really sell. And uh, there are more complex uh, answers for that, but there are really simple ones. And we started, we, we have started with the simple ones like, if your uh, ad doesn't have photos, it's really likely that you won't sell. If your uh, description just say just says uh, I'm selling this, uh, this is it won't attract people. You have to be clear what 
uh, regarding what you're selling. So we started uh, just uh, by that, like telling people you don't have photos, start inserting photos and you'll get uh, more viewers and probably a higher chance to sell. Uh, and, and people started noticing that the communications were made for them uh, with really good advices that could help them. Uh, and uh, they started like editing the, their ads and, and getting better, uh, better chance of selling. Uh, and this generates good experiences and generates a return. They, are, they, they came back more often uh, after that. So uh, that was the big idea behind uh, what we were trying to do. Interesting. So, I mean, how does the breakdown work between product and growth marketing in cases like this? Because it sounds like, you know, especially the example that you've shared just now, uh, you know, add, add in images. So that's, uh, you know, in a sense, a product feature, right? You detect that there's somebody who hasn't taken advantage of this. We build into the product to make sure it happens. How does that, how does that interplay work when it's something that, you know, there's things that are happening externally and that you're using your, you know, your kind of marketing tools in the suite available to you. And then there's the side I'd imagine of, we need to change the product to accommodate a specific flow or to enhance a specific flow. How do you work on that balance? Great question. Yeah, uh, this example looks kind of uh, transactional, uh, but the and this team, the, the, the CLM area the, uh, in, in our company, the, it began in product, but then we brought it to 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 marketing to work uh, closely to to performance marketing, like uh, in a growth cell. Uh, and the idea was basically performance marketing would bring people in, and we will have to uh, make sure their experience was great to. Uh, generate better retention so uh, it all will work better, right? Uh, and uh, I, I, I think that's it. Did I answer your question? <laughs> kind of. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, you, uh, you know, I think it's, um, for me, one of the things that I look at a lot or that I'm hearing a lot, especially as we, as we continue forward is, maybe traditionally companies have grown in very segmented ways, right? Which is you have product who are responsible for product and you have marketing who are responsible for marketing and UA is responsible for this and, and everybody has their kind of role. And then you end up getting stuck on the interplay, right? Of if, if everything in your growth funnel is speaking about one thing, but you don't fulfill that in the product or, or the product is going in a different direction, of course you create, the, you, you backlog yourself. So I think, as a whole, the industry understands this, uh, you know, much better today than what they did a little bit ago. And, and there is this concept of feedback, but there's the challenge of, of who gets to drive, who gets to drive the, the you know, do you accommodate your product roadmap and, and does product come and say, you know, this is what we're going for. You know, there's uh, the dream is the synergy, right? Where everybody's feeding everything. Yeah. I, I wish it was happening everywhere. Maybe it is happening, but uh, from from what I've seen, less so. There's still, it's hard. It's hard to create that. It is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just but, uh, but I think it's here. Yeah, yeah, but I but I think it's necessary. Uh, product and marketing should uh, work better together uh, because at the end of the day, it uh, doesn't matter if I'm telling people to come in if their experience uh, is not uh, as good when they're inside of our product as the communications that we are sending out, or if, if the, the, what I'm saying to them uh, doesn't match uh, the path that I, I put them in when I, I 
bring them into the, the, the app. So it all has, has to work together to uh, generate good experiences. So product and marketing have to work together. Uh, and, and again, another very important thing uh, regarding CLM and, and uh, performance marketing uh, and why we brought it to marketing, uh, even though it has kind of uh, attributes more related to, to product uh, and technology, uh, we wanted to, to work better, uh, combining better uh, our investments uh, with our internal communication. So uh, why would I uh, do like remarketing to pay, to bring back someone that I could uh, bring back? Make sure they don't leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, how, so how we can work better together with the internal tools and, and external tools. Uh, so I'm not saying that we're doing a great job, but we are uh, starting to do that. So, uh, and I think it's it's going to be very interesting because we'll save money that uh, uh, that we wouldn't have to be spending right now, and maybe we are we can uh, keep them engaged some other way or re-engage through internal communications before we go out and try to reach out to those people, uh, to those users in, in external tools. So does CLM, would you say it starts when somebody actually downloads the product and begins with their usage there? Or do you begin it higher up in the funnel? Does how they come in matter and, and how you're, you know, kind of segmenting them and following them? Yeah, it could uh, begin prior to, to uh, the download. Maybe if you have like a blog uh, where you can subscribe, maybe you could start your communication there. Uh, but right now we're we're starting once the user downloads the app or creates the account. So we can start reaching out to them uh, and, and give them all the incentives that we believe that will help uh, them go through the, the, the experience, through the journey. Yeah, definitely not going to get easier to touch higher up in the funnel once uh, iOS 14.5 drops and, uh, and you, you get really blocked from there. So it's, uh, it's, it's a way to start. Um, one thing I'm actually interested about because you're looking at cross-platform, uh, you're a cross-platform product, so it's not all happening in mobile, but you have this web component. How does that tie in? I mean, do you focus on, on the mobile side kind of in and of itself and where we want users to come into? How do you create, uh, you know, a life cycle that touches on those multiple platforms and, and that more dynamic usage? Yeah, uh, I think it's it all starts with that again. Uh, if we have uh, on our database, uh, Everything that is going on, uh, if on the app or on the website, and if if we can identify those users, we can see this big picture uh, of what all the users are doing, no matter where they are. Uh, and also, uh, I think it's important to to try to generate uh, like a seamless experience. Like if I'm sending out emails and I don't know if the user is going to open uh, on their mobile phones or on a desktop. Uh, I always try to to uh, to send to 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 deliver the best best experience, and usually uh, our best experience is on on apps. So if he's opening the the, the email on their phones, uh, and they click on the, our on the call to action, and they have the app installed, uh, this should uh, take them to the app because that's where they will get better experience. Uh, uh, and even because maybe if it goes to the website, he'll then maybe have to log in and 
it kind of gets in the way of a good experience. So uh, we always try to deliver the best experience. Do you have an example of, uh, let's call it CLM gone wrong, where you really, you missed the mark, you had you had something that just uh, wasn't, wasn't where it belonged? Totally. Uh, actually, we have very funny, a uh, few funny ex stories, uh, but one that I really like uh, is, and it's terrible, I like, but it's terrible, uh, was uh, at OLX, uh, we we also have uh, real estate, uh, and there someone, and we have recommendations for uh, people that are looking for uh, ads. So we show them similar ads. Uh, this is very basic; everybody does it. Uh, and since it's like C two C platform, everybody can sell every anything, almost anything. Uh, and someone decided to uh, sell. Uh, a place in, in the cemetery, uh, yeah, and and for some reason uh, they they put it into the real estate category, like uh, yeah. kind of a residence, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and we ended up uh, recommending that to uh, another person that were was looking for a, a real estate uh, around that area. And uh, in similar prices, uh, and and he ended up receiving a message that uh, that said, uh, "We found your future home." And once he clicked in, <laughs> he was he saw the, the the cemetery, and he was really I hope scared. You, and you save screenshots of that, like you have. You I have. I don't have it, but yeah. Uh, we we got to know this story uh, through uh, our uh, CX team, uh, and they told us, uh, "What are you doing? How are you recommending cemetery to to other people?" Uh, and after Plus that, that messaging of your future, your your future. Yeah, and oh, the message. Oh yeah, the message <laughs> fit perfectly. So yeah, it was terrible, but it's really funny. Uh, after that, we created a, a few uh, filters to avoid uh, similar things. Uh, but I, I think that's part of growth, right? We try to do things in an easier way, see if it works. And when we find out uh, any problems or opportunities to get better results, we, we start twitching to, in, until it gets even better and better. Uh, that's amazing. Um, but I guess, yeah, that's something, uh, you know, that you have to consider when you're in C to C is that you control the side of, of what you're surfacing when you're surfacing, but you don't control, you, you can't comb through the content on that manual level of, of you know, I'm, I'm handpicking everything that I, you, you can't do it. So it is, uh, you know, in a sense, I, there's, there's that risk side, right? Because you're not, you're, you're enabling your customers to do what they need to do. And you have to make sure that you're matching your efforts to something that you have to be blind to, to some capacity. For sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, in a near future with uh, machine learning, we can do a better job avoiding that prior to, to having uh, such a case. To basically yeah. giving a death threat to one yeah. customers. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. We're, and the funny thing is we are trying to give uh, better experiences and we ended up uh, generating such uh, such experience. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's uh, part of the, the job. 
and we have to, in the end, it, the, the most important thing is that we uh, act fast and, and fixed when we, we get it wrong. Yeah. So I guess my, uh, my last kind of question here is when it comes to KPIs that you're looking at for, for CLM, I'm sure it varies uh, because obviously where it's coming in and the funnel will shift, but what kind of KPIs are you using to measure your success and, and what are your indicators that you need to respond in and update something and fix something? Yeah, uh, there are multiple levels. Like uh, we see how much the users are, are interacting. So we have like RFM models, like recency, frequency, and monetary value. And it, it, it helps us uh, understand how much uh, a user is engaged with our platform uh, or if he's getting less engaged and, and it all help us uh, set how, how much we should or shouldn't talk to them. And, and for which reasons. Uh, but uh, after sending really the messages, we, we keep track of uh, how many people are really receiving it. Uh, maybe if we, we have problems with delivery rates, uh, we should look into it. Maybe uh, we're not, we, we don't have like the, the most updated uh, the token uh, device of their devices. Uh, the click rates, the conversion rates, and as I already said, uh, uh, the uplifts, like comparing with the with the, the control groups to see uh, the incremental conversions that we're bringing, so the uplift. Uh, I'm going to say it again, just because I think it is so important to have that control group, and I think it's missed a lot, a lot, a lot, because you're you're looking at your effort, and it makes sense because those are metrics that are coming through. But you have to assume that some of these users, at least naturally, were going to come back. And, and take their action and what have you spent acquiring them when they sh were coming in anyway. That's, uh, I think, uh, I'm telling everyone who's listening now that that's a, you know, kind of something critical to, to keep in mind for sure. Um, are you ready for the quick fire round now, Victor? Yeah, let's do this. All right. If you could give just one tip to an aspiring growth marketer, what would it be? I think, uh, listen to your customers. Uh, I think it's crucial to listen to your customers, uh, and and if you're not you're not secure about it, uh, back it with data. I think if you combine uh, data and uh, the feedback from your your users, you can create good hypotheses uh, and and really do something about it, test it, and and see if it works. All right, your favorite mobile growth resource. Yeah. Oh, okay. My favorite mobile growth resource. Uh, I would say Benchmark. Uh, since OLX is part of a huge group, uh, two huge groups, uh, uh, Process uh, and, and Adivinta, uh, we have lots of other uh, companies around the world. world and and uh, most times that I get in touch with them, uh, they already did what I'm trying to do. So it's easier and you avoid a lot of time, uh, wasting time and, and effort on doing something uh, to find out uh, an answer that they already have. So benchmarking is, is uh, one of my favorite tools. That is, uh, I think that's actually the first time that, uh, that I've heard that as a response. Uh, really? It's a good one. Yeah. Why, uh, why invent the wheel if somebody's already, yeah. uh, already put it forward? Okay. 
I'm uh, I'm flashing forward to uh, to when Brazil has vaccine rollout at the you know the percentages that let you go uh, and be normal again. Um, who's the person or wherever in the world you can travel? It doesn't. Uh, I don't want to restrict you to just one place. But who's the person in the industry that you'd most want to take out for lunch and why? Wow, uh, I think in the world I would say uh the the one of the founders of netflix uh reed hastings i was re recently reading his book uh and i it, it's amazing not because of the communication uh which is what i i work with uh but because of the uh the experience that they the, the product has i think it's amazing how they created a product with such easy uh, uh user experience and um yeah, I think I would really love to, to, to talk about it with, with Reed. Amazing. All right. The most important question. What is your favorite type of pancake? Wow. Okay. Uh, my family is from France, even though I am Brazilian. My family is from France. Uh, so I would say crepes. Uh, and, and I would love to say uh, uh, crepe Suzette. But it's not. Uh, uh, what I really love is like a regular crepe with uh, sugar on it, and that's it. That was my favorite. Uh, the, my favorite thing my my uh, grandfather used to do for me when I was a little kid, uh, and that's how I would eat. Uh, and bring it brings me a lot of good memories. That's a great answer. I also like that you had an aspirational favorite and then the real actual. <laughs> so it's a good answer. Um, Victor, this is amazing. Where can people find you if they want to hear more or learn more about what you're doing? Uh, okay. Uh, you can reach out to me on, on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, my name is Victor Seca. You can find me there. Uh, I'm, uh, Head of mobile growth, uh, market growth marketing for uh, Zappi Movies, which is the real estate uh, company that uh, OLX just acquired, uh, and that I I've been talking about here with you. Amazing! And if I ever look for a place in uh, in Brazil, I'll, uh, I'll I'll make you uh, give me the best tips, Victor. Thank yeah, you so do. so much for uh, for joining and for sharing. This was awesome. Thank you, Esther. It was great sharing uh, a little bit of my experience with you. And that was Mobile Growth and Pancakes. To find out more about StoreMaven and how we can improve App Store performance, visit StoreMaven.com. And then make sure to search for Mobile Growth and Pancakes in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at StoreMaven, thanks for listening.